You're listening to Power Athlete Radio, a podcast dedicated to empowering your performance every damn day. Join former NFL pro and Power Athlete founder John Wellborn as he dissects the greatest minds in strength, conditioning, and more. Joining him is everyone's favorite coach and hair model, Chris, a.k.a. Tex McQuilkin, Power Athlete's Director of Performance. So whether your goal is to be the hammer, destroy mediocrity, or simply move the dirt, you've come to the right place. Now with the warm-up done, let the games begin. Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. John, how are we doing? I'm well, thanks. How are you? And Samantha Flaherty, Nutrition Ninja, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Awesome. Incredible. I'm having a good year. Thank you for joining us. And we got some interesting topics on tap for today. Mm. We're going to get into a little thing called reverse dieting. So this was brand new to me. And then I just put it into the Googles and there's all this. And by Google, you mean you asked me and I explained it to you. <laughs> yeah. By putting it into the Google. Hey, John, you've ever heard of reverse dieting? I'm like, 100% I have. Well, then I YouTube it read and there was all. I read a book on it as well. Oh, <laughs> literature. I actually read wow. it. Wasn't In preparation a, it for wasn't this? a physical book, but it was an ebook on reverse dieting. Mm. Basically, after you get done with your dieting for like a figure show or bodybuilding, don't just go off the rails. Well, have a plan. Not only figure and show, but also just normal. normal Say we did people. a competition like Hammer, and uh, then you mm-hmm. went and hammered all the beers that you missed out on for 90 days. Yeah, I, I think if uh, if you're at the end of a dieting, and Sam would probably speak better on this, but uh, at the end of a dieting, if you don't have a plan for when the diet ends, you'll just go into like free eat, which looks like seafood. I like that term. Diet, which is... If you see seafood, food, you eat consume it. it. Yeah. That's the high school football diet. <laughs> Dude, uh, but but then you have a ton of hormonal issues. Um, you put on excess body fat. We know fat's extremely oxidative, uh, rapid weight gain. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I know my wife, when she got done with her figure show, uh, she just went and crushed it and ended up like basically putting on a bunch of weight. And then it took her a little bit to lose it. But she's like, Dude, like I can see why women get into this uh, when they get into the figure bodybuilding stuff. They kind of get into this binge and purge, binge and purge thing. Because yeah. it's, you know, you're already having a certain individual, usually type A, a little bit more focused and it's either kind of on or off. Well, it's important that yeah. people even doing their own focused nutrition protocols, powerathletehq.com, all the protocols that we have offered <laughs> there, that they have a plan once they reach their specific diet goal. So we've got a, a lot to unpack here in the words of our pal, Rob Wolf. He so, loves to unpack shit. I know. So let's let's get started, Sam. So we're not just speaking to any comp- bodybuilding figure competitors out there. We're speaking to everyone. So explain to us what is reverse dieting, what to expect, and I, throughout the show, we'll explore how not to diet in reverse. Yeah. So basically, a reverse diet is getting yourself slowly out of your caloric deficit. Um, so because chronic dieting. I think that's an issue in our culture. So setting a goal, dieting for say 12, 16 weeks, and then slowly bringing yourself out of that. So like John said, you're not gaining excess body fat um, since you worked so hard for those last three to four months. Um, And also just you're going to start feeling better, performing better in the gym um, and getting that metabolism to slowly turn back on. So that's the ultimate goal of a reverse diet. Um, 
yeah. And I think we're going to get into like how to do that and stuff on this. Well, so. let's, let's start with the diet. And then this, this, you said mentioned turning your metabolism back on. Well, when mm-hmm. we do dive into a caloric deficit, what are our expectations for the metabolism to expect? Yeah. So it just in general, if you're a larger human being walking, you're going to burn more calories than a smaller human being. So if John and I walk at the same pace, the same distance, like talking on a casual walk, he is going to be burning more energy than me because he's like double my size. Right. Um, so when you are slowly taking off, whether it's fat or muscle, you are going to be lighter. So you're going to be burning less calories. So that is going to slow, essentially slow your metabolism down, but that's just because you have less mass. Um, in addition to that, when you don't have as much energy, your NEAT is going to go down. So your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So as I'm sitting here, I'm nice and fueled. I had my breakfast. I'm using my hands to talk. I might take notes. I might, I'm a fidgety person. So you'll see me move a lot. When you get into that caloric deficit, that fidget is just naturally going to go away. So you're just, you're going to be more like, hmm, I'm fatigued. My body is very intelligent. I don't have the food to move the same. So I'm just going to sit here. Um, so those are some of the reasons that your metabolism is going to go down. So I'd say anywhere between, between like 10 and 20% is going to be that change you see in a cut, I guess. So long story short, 10 to 20%. <laughs> All right. And then we, we still want our athletes training normally. Mm-hmm. So then how do we factor in and what's our big picture goal? I guess going into a deficit, it's not just a matter of, Hey, cutting out certain foods. It's still requiring the energy to train hard and put on mass. Yeah. So that's where like working with a coach really is important. Um, Cause a lot, I'm just going to use, I don't know, you read something on Instagram and you're like, oh, Sam's eating 1600 calories. I need to eat 1600 calories or whatever it is. Well, you need to take the time with your coach to figure out what actually puts you in a deficit. And we've talked about this before. It could be calories. It could be increasing gym time, could be increasing steps. Um, And then being in that deficit, I'd say no more than honestly, 12 to 16 weeks. Um, cause you're just going to get exhausted mentally, physically, you might start looking at food differently. Like that's going to be the safe zone for that deficit, uh, before you should kind of get out of it before you cut again. All right. So then now we're backing it out of the deficit. Let's talk about doing it inten- uh, intentionally, intelligently. Do we need a coach at this point or is it just, Hey, um, I think most people, if you're trying yeah. to get into this, like, like, I mean, if you're just trying to lose a couple pounds, I don't necessarily know if you need a coach. I mean, we have templates to follow, but if you're really looking to dial this thing in, you yeah. need somebody just for a sanity check. You need mm-hmm. somebody. It's kind of like trying to land the plane yourself. Like if you're on an airplane, let somebody pilot for you, you know, uh, decide your destination, get on board and just let them kind of steer the plane. Um, anytime you've ever heard, um, you know, whether it be in bodybuilding or figure, whatever, um, the people that kind of take the reins over and I'm going to fly my own plane, they end up never doing very well. So you need somebody mm-hmm. just for a sanity check, people that can make an objective decision because what happens when you start getting real hungry. And, um, I just actually read a real interesting piece of research on this where they took like, this is years ago. They took people and were like feeding them whatever their maintenance calories. And then they just cut it in half. 
and they started observing all like the behavioral things from people being like hyper-focused. I mean, like one dude was staying up like eight to 10 hours a night reading recipe books. Like just like lizard brain. Yeah. It's lizard brain. They got into like the most ridiculous, like I, I, I was reading it, like laughing that the guy was like obsessed with reading cookbooks. And then he told one other person about it. And then the entire group started obsessively reading and they tell two friends, right? They were hyper-focused, like focusing on food. Um, I think it just becomes a bit of an issue and one, you need a start and stop date. Hey, we're only doing Mm -hmm. it to this point and you need somebody for a sanity check. Um, I mean, just when we've been doing this for a number of years, uh, whenever people reach out about, Hey, I'm thinking about getting a nutrition coach. I'm always like, do it. And they're like, Oh, and they kind of him and ha. And I'm like, think about it this way. Your chances of success are so dramatically increased by having a nutrition coach. And the one funny thing I do find Sam, and you can talk to this when, when people do come on the nutrition, you almost get to a point where like, uh, you'll be like, I, I haven't heard from this person. They yeah. like, they're ghosting me. And I think it's, uh, they aren't fully committed and it's amazing to me that they'll kind of dip out, but I think sometimes it's not easy. And then also mm-hmm. you're like, ah, you know what? I don't want to do what this person's saying. It's kind of like avoiding your parents for whatever reason. So, I mean, uh, I definitely think, or I know really just from having done this a number of years, the people that hire a coach, whether or not they think they need it or not, meet their goals with uh, like 90% certainty, more so than the people that don't. If you stay engaged, you stay in contact and you let somebody else land your plane, uh, your chances of meeting your goal are dramatically increased. The people that ghost out or just don't do it. And then we have a ton of people that follow the templates and make in, and actually I just recommended a guy today uh, for Sam does these custom nutrition templates for mm-hmm. the performance protocols that are out of this world. I know text you use one and the guys have used them on many occasions. And I'm like, Hey man, if you're going to try to meet a specific goal, have Sam put something custom together for you. If you're looking to meet a goal and you need to hit an end date, hire a coach for that time period and then be in contact, crush it. And, mm-hmm. um, I think the people that do have a much better value and effect than the people that don't. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. Well, I like this term landing the plane and I'm trying my damnedest to look up the term, you know, when pilots go into clouds and then they don't trust their navigation systems and then they're dead. So what is the term? Yeah. Antonio. I'm a, Cause I'm the worst Googler in the history of Google. Uh, text can't even Google Google. I know. I asked John. <laughs> he's like, he how, he, term. he's like, how do I Google this thing? I'm like, well, you put it into Google. Oh, uh, I, I like, uh, this is not a joke. I actually, <laughs> so I like, hold on, hold on. Oh, this we'll, is definitely a joke. We'll take like a two second deal. Um, so my daughters are in geography. So for their first geography homework, they had to make a, um, a globe. So I went down to Michael's, which, um, I don't know, have you ever been to Michael's? Uh, dude, you're talking to Michael's number one fan. You come over to my house. There's a lot of Michaels going oh on. Oh my God. So I went in there, we got them these styrofoam <laughs> balls and, uh, we, you know, we got the paints, got everything. And then they basically the paint spilled. I had to go with more paint and I started walking around with all their Halloween decorations. And I was like, ah, oh, these skull let land. Like I bought all this skull stuff and I'm like, Oh God, this place is awful. But, uh, awfully so, good. Oh yeah. Amazing. Um, but you're going to waste a lot of money on 40% off like skull candles. <laughs> Everything's skull- all 40%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, and, and then I went to the front and the girl's like, I have a special code. I can give you another 10%. I'm like, give it to me. <laughs> so, uh, so we make, um, 
God, I don't even know what the hell I was going to talk about now. Well, you were talking about these globes that you bought and then you smashed them so they're flat and represent the <laughs> planet like it is. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, why would you buy a globe for the planet? Uh, dude, um, yeah. Okay, sorry. I, dude, I didn't even know what I was going to talk about. But I'm just telling you. Oh, oh, oh I, I know. It's a Google thing. So uh, we, we get the globes and we're like getting them all put together. And uh, the, uh, we got to Antarctica. And nobody really knows what Antarctica looks like. So we were trying to get, because there's no aerial photos of Antarctica. Like, that's kind of an interesting one. Like, when the you, earth is flat. Well, yeah, it's just on the flat, but I was it's kind of like, it's on the bottom, but like, there's no real good, like, like aerial shape. photo yeah. of the shape. So as we're going through this, and then, uh, so I, I told my, I told Jamie, I'm like, hey, uh, go online and figure out what Antarctica looks like. And she's like, well, how do I do that? I'm like, well, you go to Google. And you put that in, and she's like, "How do I get to Google?" So I thought she was fucking with me. <laughs> so, uh, but I basically was like, "This is like working with text. <laughs> Go to Google.com, enter this." And then she's like, "Well, what happens if I enter?" And I'm like, "I want you to hit images, and I want you to find me a picture." So, right, and yeah, but I know the effect you're talking about, though. With uh, I, I, I want to, I like the analogy of landing the plane, and then the better analogy is. I'm just going to Jesus take the wheel of my well, diet. But I mean, think about it, right? Like you get on the plane expecting that the reason that you're on the plane with the dude in the front barricaded in there, he knows where he's going. He's got the hat on. He's got the wings. He's going to take the plane off. And his job is to land you nice and safe. At no point during the deal are you trying to kick the door in and you're like, I got this. I got this. How many hours flying? Unless None. it's the weekend and you're justifying drinking beers. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> well, I always ah, two days of the week don't count. Yeah, well, that's what. And, and if you do the math, it totally counts. Oh, they count. Yeah, I, I know. You're like, oh, you're in a 500 caloric deficit over five days, 2,500 calories. That looks like four chicken wings. And you're yeah, like, yeah, oh. I have a very uh, spot on client right now. And sorry if you're listening to this, I won't say your name, uh, but he's in Australia and ordered an iced coffee. And he's oh. like, Oh, I forgot that in Australia, an iced coffee is a coffee with a scoop of ice cream. Oh, yeah. I found that out the hard way. And I'm like. And then you had four more. You were like, that's the best iced coffee I've ever had. Let me get four more of those. Yeah. Like, it sounds amazing. We just call that a frappuccino in the United States. And is that what a frappuccino is? I, uh, coffee no, with ice cream? No, it's ice cream, but it's probably this, like, there's milk and syrup and I don't know. It's gross stuff in there. Uh, I told you guys a story about Chelsea Hart when we went to Starbucks and Chelsea ordered like a $45 drink or it was like $29 or something. It had like 11,000 calories. And she's like, oh, I only have two of these a day. And I'm like, only, Oh my God. I like, yeah, the, uh, but I mean, these are what we call sneaky calories. Yeah. Well, that one might be very blatant, but like, well, he's like, yeah, I've lived here my whole life. And I didn't know that an iced coffee had a scoop of ice cream in it. And you're like, mm. He just moved there from oh. Canada. Yeah. Oh, he's probably sorry. Oh. The, <laughs> but back to, back to the importance of having a coach. And yeah. if we were looking at a strength and conditioning program, also the same thing, we're tapering back so our athletes mm -hmm. don't get hurt. So mm -hmm. if we're working up towards a competition or one rep max within the program, then we have to essentially bring them down safely from that so they we protect them from themselves. Why shouldn't that be the same approach for nutrition? Uh, mm -hmm. I do. I, I, I don't think we would argue with you on that. Like having a coach 
or somebody leads you on a more custom approach. I mean, we, we offer semi-custom training programs on power athlete and, you know, thousands of people a day are following them, but to be able to take that program and increase the granularity of it with a coach seems pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. And I think an issue that people get sucked into is, and I, I believe we talked about this on a previous podcast, but it's that yo-yo mentality where you don't have an end date. So you are dieting, 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 and then you start justifying things on the weekend and, you know, or a snack here or there because you don't have an end goal. And, you know, not everyone has a bodybuilding show or like a culminating activity to well, end their they? diet. Well, I, I mean, if, if you got to get up on stage, paint yourself with like house paint <laughs> and put on a sparkly Speedo or bikini and then stand up there and get shamed by your friends because you didn't show up in shape. Like one of my favorite uh, like pictures on the Internet is when they'll show like bodybuilding shows where the one dude didn't get the assignment and he shows up totally out of shape. Well, we or, don't know how he started. Could be. Well, I don't know. I was going to try and bring it back to reverse Let's go back to the reverse dieting. <laughs> well, yeah, but for the, for the normal person, and yeah. this is, this is our second topic we want to get into. When do you need a reverse diet? So it's yes. specific for a, a, well, a competition well, figure athlete. Well, let's take it a step yeah, further back. Like uh, Sam, like, do you believe that in with dieting, perpetual dieting doesn't make sense? You got to have Correct. a start date and a finish date. Like, and then what's really the time frame? Is it uh, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 14, 16 weeks is usually like about the right time length? Yeah, it truly depends how, how big the weight loss journey is. You know, if you are a five, two female and you weigh 180 pounds, you're going to have, you know, you will probably be in a deficit and not need to reverse diet as soon as 150 pound five, five female going to 135 or whatever. Um, so the more weight you have, just it's going to be healthier to be in a deficit versus someone who has less of a journey because then when they get smaller, they're going to start messing with their hormones before the larger individual. Mm. Makes sense. Um, so that's again, why you might need a coach to look at it from like an objective perspective. Um, cause neither situation is fun to be in a deficit, but things that can happen and, so say let's go with 12 weeks, three month deficit. Uh, maybe you took a couple weeks to kind of figure out what your deficit was. We've adjusted calories. You might not be exactly where you want to be, but you're tired. You are anxious. You're um, like your body hurts. You feel like you're just gassing at the gym. Um, that those are all your food obsessed. You're <laughs> reading cookbooks. Those are all signs that like, Hey, maybe we need to, build ourselves out of this because we're going to start messing with our hormones. Um, and you know, building out should, well, there's two, two routes with, you know, there's fast route and a slow route. <laughs> um, the longer you've been in a deficit, the slower you should build out because like the longer you've been dieting, the slower your metabolism is, the more your body has adapted to the lower calories, the slower we should reintroduce those calories. Um, but we could do it a little bit faster. If you are just like starving, you don't care so much about gaining a little bit of fat back and you just like need more food and you needed it yesterday. Um, but both situations, 
it's good to have somebody in your corner to monitor like, hey, you jumped five pounds this week. Like what's going on? <laughs> like maybe not that fast. And is um, the aim to, to back it up to a point of maintenance where we're at a weight that we're level and happy with? Yeah, maintenance are above. And the thing is with a reverse diet, you know, you might only gain back in the course of three months, five pounds, five, seven pounds, just depending how, and I'm just talking about general person, like not bodybuilder, competitor, not super lean, lean, like just, Hey, I've been in a deficit and now I want to get out of it. Like the clients that I work with that power athlete. Um, but yeah, anywhere around five to 10 pounds would be an average build back, but we're talking going from, you know, if you're a 200 pound guy and you're eating 2000 calories, like we're probably going to build you back up to like 2,700, right? Like you're going to be eating a lot more food. Yeah. And I mean, we've witnessed people that, uh, I guess you could call it the, the yo-yo, the roller coaster. Like what's mm-hmm. a sign if, if three months, five pounds is an appropriate, what's like a, a skyrocket, like, oh crap. Well, man, I, I think like healthy wise, um, I always shot for somewhere about a pound to about a pound and a half a week, two pounds to gain to, well, to lose. So like, I, I kind of always base it off of that. Like if you were pretty severe, I mean, think about like, so in, I know we always equate out a calorie to like, you know, 30 or a pound to like 3,500 calories. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, just from my own math and a bunch of reading, I think like just basically being like, well, a pound is worth 3,500 calories. I don't think it's a 3,500 for everybody. I think people are more or less. That's why when all of a sudden you start calculating like, Hey, I'm going to pull out 500 calories a day to try to get you into one pound. And then people don't lose the mm-hmm. pound. Sometimes I think well, too, cause you start pulling calories and like everything goes down. You're not going to be able to lift as heavy, run as fast, move as much during the day. So it, like as a unit of measurement, it might equal a pound, but the way we use that energy is it going to equal a pound. Yeah. So what the easier way to do is pull a little bit of calories and then just prescribe more work. Right. You but know, to going idea, back up. Well, so to get down and then once you get there, you almost have to look and say, all right, um, if I'm trying to reverse diet this person back to a certain amount of maintenance calories, like this is how we pull them out. This is kind of the rate that we have mm-hmm. to pull it in. Like if you were 500 calories and then allowing somebody to train another 500 into deficit, you could probably continue to have them train into that mm-hmm. deficit, but then just don't you know add the calories back in. So it's almost like whatever rate you went down, a similar rate to come back. And then what's really fascinating on the book that I read, and Sam knows this on the reverse dieting, if you do it right, you, you end up staying pretty lean and the extra yeah. weight you put on is muscle. Right. Yeah. So and which that's is the, the yeah. goal. Yeah. So, um, so then what would be a warning sign of if I'm, if I'm using the scale to track my progress is now two pounds a month, three pounds a month for me to gain back, what would be I a, mean, Oh shit. 10 pounds in a month? Well, like if if, if all of a sudden you're like uh, seven days out from your show and you've already put on 10 pounds. I'm just a normal dude. And that's what people do. Like they end up putting on the weight because, I mean, obviously you've cut water, you've drilled drilled it back. But I think if you look back about putting on uh, an extra pound a week and then all of a sudden like what will happen is you'll get to a point where you put the weight on and then it just stalls. And even if you're adding calories, people tend not to put the weight back on if you do it nice and slow. Yeah, like a half pound to a pound of gain a week would be 
a good rate. Um, and that could be anywhere from 150 to 200 calories a week. Like, so it's very minimal addition. So if you think of that, that's going to be like five grams of fat. And, uh, what is that? Like 25 grams of carbs or something like that. That would be about 150 calories. Um, which that's something I wanted to go into as well. Like if you're the person who's just super food obsessed and you need more, feels like you need more volume food for that route, I would add more carbohydrates um, and really slowly add in the fats just because you get more food with carbs than you do with fat, but we do need fat for function. So if you feel like, you know, guys, your testosterone is really low or something like we probably need to add in more fat if you were on a low fat diet just to get things working. <laughs> so expect about one pound a week, roughly yeah. as I scale back up and then hit a, another plateau or is it just hit my maintenance? Uh, I, you know, and that's an interesting thing, Sam, like, um, how do you figure out back into that maintenance? I mean, I know the way we do it is scale. Like if all of a sudden you're eating mm -hmm. 3000 calories and you continue to train, and then all of a sudden the scale isn't moving. You're kind of just maintaining that weight. I think that's a good feeling where now all of a sudden mm -hmm. like, and uh, like, like what would you say an acceptable weight gain? If uh, for example, somebody lost, I mean, when you're dying for your figure stuff, it's like what? 10% you're looking to lose eight to 10%. Uh, yeah, it kind of depends. <laughs> but like if you're, <laughs> like if, my... if, if you're 150 and you're, and you lose 10%, you're at 135. Yeah. And then, yeah, when, I'd say, yeah. I'd say there, like I stepped on stage at 128 for most of my shows. So I only had to lose like six pounds. Mm. Okay. Cause so you're walking around at like 135 now. Yeah. And, um, and, and then in the off season, what are you hoping to, are you going to try to keep pretty close to that weight? Or are you going to try to put on yeah. a little more muscle? <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, right now I've been trying to put on some muscle. So I'm sitting at like 135, 137, but I'm getting ready to start a cut while I'm in the cut. Um, cause ideally I'm going to do a show in about nine weeks. So that's going to, like, I might not go down to 128. I might be less cause my body's a lot happier that it's been fed. You know, I've, I've been eating like 500 more calories a day than I have during my cut. So, well, I mean, we know it to be true. The more muscle you carry in relation to body fat, the more calories you can handle. That's a really yeah. interesting thing, too, where people are like, oh, and, you know, like I'm pulling out these calories and I've always told like, uh, you know, when I used to do more of this stuff with people, I was like, hey, man, if we get to a point where you're pretty lean, like let's say sub 10 percent body fat, I know for women, mm -hmm. like for a guy to be pretty lean, it's in that sub 10 for women, it's like sub 15. Um, yeah, if like you, 12 or 13, yeah. I think 13 would be. Yeah, like, yeah, like 15 to 13 is pretty, I mean, that's super lean for a chick. Uh, you know, seven to 10 is pretty lean for a guy. If they can get under 10%, and we can hold them there, they can handle more calories. So like, think about this, right? Because muscle is extreme, is, is a lot more expensive. Uh, we were talking about it the other day or yesterday on the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest and leanest I was, that was the most calories I could consume. Right. So if you're 200 pounds and you're seven to 8% body fat, you can handle a lot more calories than 200 pounds at like 15 to 20% body fat. Yeah. And it, it's the thing when I, when people start reversing with me, they already know the tools of like, cause we've talked about, Hey, these are the good foods to make your body perform well. You know, you know how to track, you know how to weigh and measure everything. So really 
you use those same tools like a reverse or a maintenance is not just a free for all. Um, I mean, you could maybe incorporate some intuitive eating days, but if your mindset is right, you know, you're not necessarily crushing pizzas, beer and wings every night on a reverse. Um, you're still eating those nutritious nutrient dense foods. And that's, I think where a lot of people mess up after a diet too, is they're like, Oh, I can go have ice cream and I can, I <laughs> grab a Snickers at the checkout or whatever their crutch is. And I feel a lot of people uh, that do have an end date towards their goal, fuck that up. Like the last five days, not eating anything or, you know, finding different <laughs> ways to hit their goal. I'm using air quotes. And then. Do you have somebody in mind? I have a couple guys in mind. Uh, well, you know what? Like, Which is not a smart idea. Yeah, even because, so, because so, if, if, if all of a sudden at the end of a cut, like before your big day, all of a sudden you just stop eating for, let's say, five days. Uh, the, the weight that you're going to lose in that five days, is not going to be water. It's going to be muscle. And then all of a sudden you're yeah. going to be nine, 10 pounds off of, of your, you know, when you do a bod pod, for example, you'd be off eight to nine, 10 pounds of muscle loss. And now say I, I'll call that cheating. So if I cheat my diet by just, you know, eating ice cube salad and then how dangerous is the reverse when I then start to eat stuff for these individuals, uh, we're talking about so grown ass men. So what, what's wild on that when we did just regular 20, ass dudes. when we did the twenty two Jack Street, um, I got to the point where uh, we were trying to get the body fat as low as possible. So I just used some like weight, like uh, water cutting methods. I just cut water, and then I was taking like a hot Epsom salt bath. And oh, you sir are very skilled no. in. Your diet. Well, well, no, 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 no. I had, uh, well, of course not cut water, but we were doing just purely body fat in the bod pod and it necessitated. I mean, there was a lot on the line to do this thing. It was a hundred dollars. Yeah, it it was a hundred dollars, but it was also lifetime bragging rights and there was just a lot going into it. So I had to cut a little bit of water, but it was more for the, not for the, the weight cut. For the picture. It was, well, no, it was for the bod pod. So we cut a little bit of water and then I took a real hot Epsom salt bath and that sucked a ton of water out. And I remember as we were uh, getting ready to go get in the bod pod, I remember I took my pants off and Callie's like, fuck, he's got striations in his fucking legs. And I knew I wanted 7%. So, but. Right. That, but majority of the folks yeah that will follow a nutrition training protocol that are not in a competition whether yeah. it be between your pals or to get on stage and look good practically naked for i'm cutting for my health yeah. and then i need to reverse I, for my health yeah. that and final think, week sorry go ahead oh go ahead go i just i think going back to like who i work with with power athlete like it you just have yeah it, you might not even hit your goal by that 12 week mark, but if you're plateauing, feeling fatigue, you have no sex drive. Like these are all questions I ask my clients. Like how, how are you feeling? You know, your mental fog, you're irritable. Like that, those are all signs that, Hey, we need to feel your body a little bit more. Um, and because people get in the perpetual dieting cycle and they're always chasing these five pounds. If I could just lose five more pounds. Well, like John said, you don't need to lose five pounds necessarily. Like now it's time to gain five pounds of muscle and you're going to love the way you look so much better. Um, so yeah, I think that's like 
my parents' generation is constantly chasing five more pounds on the scale and they're really just underfed and undernourished. And so they'll never lose the weight. Well, uh, like, and we've said this on this podcast, I know, and I'm, and I, I know I've said it to you. Um, I don't think that most people need to lose five pounds. I think they need to gain mm-hmm. five pounds of muscle. And that's what I, I want to get at. I, like, I think that the entire mindset of this country um, we could name the podcast this. John talks about how fucked the mindset is on this country. That's the a idea, little long, but well, maybe it's 35 characters. But also, this idea yeah. of losing five pounds, oh, if only I could lose five pounds. Yeah. I've never seen a client um, that was like, oh, I'm five pounds away from looking. I'm like, dude, you probably look better with putting on five pounds of muscle. Everybody yeah. looks better with five pounds of muscle. The amount of people that I've seen look better by losing five pounds never looks good. Like, uh, you know, like, uh, dude, put You're on five chewed pounds. Up yeah, seriously, you just smaller chewed bubble gum, put on five pounds of muscle and you'll like dramatically more how you look. So if we can yeah. just get people into this idea that it's not that I'm overweight, I'm just under muscled, we'd probably get a lot farther in this thing. So our yeah, aim. And that's why weight can be like a mind fuck for some, because I don't know what it is, but people like post their weight on social media or there's statistics on different players or whatever. And you're like, oh, that person is, I was just say 150 pounds. Like, why do they look shredded at 150 pounds? And I'm over here 135 and I don't have near as much, like I don't look as good. Well, it could be, they have more muscle. Um, Or on the opposite, you just see these really lean individuals that are super light, but they have no muscle. So it's like, do you really want to weigh that? Because they don't have any muscle. I don't know. Our aim should be performance. And this is similar to our aspect and our our view on training. And now helping share this with the people that, I mean, nutrition plays such a great part, especially when it comes to performance goals, but also longevity. As John, you've mentioned numerous times, the value of having muscle and the connection Mm -hmm. to quality life long-term. So what are some takeaways is it not just rushing to a specific well, weight? I, what are some things that people can so, apply? So, so I think where people are, are losing the, the understanding of the total strategy, right? So when I think about people dieting down and you know trying to get in shape, they're using it for like, oh, I'm going to a wedding or I want to look better. I got a reunion. They're using it for some outcome. I think about it like if I can cut body fat and I can gain um, kind of an edge in terms of more muscle in relation to the body fat that I have. Then at the end of that deal, if I do a little bit of reverse dieting, I come out of it slower. My body's in a really interesting state where now I can put on muscle almost faster coming out of the diet, Mm -hmm. which people don't ever talk about. So I look at it like, Hey, if I'm going to diet for 12 weeks, I'm gonna try to get my body fat down so I can get carry more muscle in relation to body fat and then use the reverse dieting to put on more muscle in a better fed state so that now I can sit at more muscle in relation to body fat and maintain it. I just thought Thank of you. another question. So it's really, a, uh, like if you, if you look at it in terms of like a macro, not just in the micro, like, oh, I need to try to get lean for something. If you look at mm-hmm. it over the course of three to four years and say, all right, uh, every six months um, or every nine months, I'm gonna do a three month diet and then I'm gonna spend six months in that maintenance and I'm going to change my body composition over the course of three years. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden you look at it and you're like, all right, this is the end game. So let's say I'm a 150 pounds of lean body mass with 50 pounds of fat at 200. The goal is to be 200 at like 75, you know, 
pounds of muscle mm-hmm. at the end of it. And that's very real. And if you look at people, especially some bodybuilders and some people that have done it, that look at this thing, it's kind of like um, I heard um, uh, a guy talking about like he was relating his friends who were rich with money versus his friends that weren't rich with money. Mm-hmm. The people that didn't have money, their goals were always very short term. Uh, I'm trying to make money so I can like buy this shirt or I can do this. And he said, the rich people were talking about like, in, I'm going to make this money. So in three to five, 10, 15 years, I can do this. Same thing in the training. Everybody's looking for a short term fix. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm looking at it like, and I've always looked at it like that. When I started lifting weights, I was 165 pounds. And I knew that I had to be 190. I knew I had to be 225. I knew I had to be 240. And because my goal was to try to get to 275, 300 pounds. So now all of a sudden in my mind is a, 14 year old kid, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to put on 140 pounds in the next, you know, uh, 10 years or eight years or six years? It feels daunting. But then when you look at it, like if I can just continue to gain at a certain rate, continue to lift weights, Mm -hmm. continue to train, I'll put it on. Then all of a sudden I was 300 pounds and it wasn't necessarily the 300 that I wanted. So then you employ a nutrition coach like I had Morrow. And my biggest thing was like, I want to carry more muscle because Mm -hmm. I know the body weight is one thing, but the more muscle I carry, the more dynamic, the more explosive, the more powerful I'll be. And so we put a program together for it and then end up reaching my goal. But it took a legitimate two years to reach it. I have one final question. It's probably going to blow everything up. Reverse, reverse dieting, where I just eat cookies, ice cream, Pop-Tarts, all this crap to get up to, you know, plus 200 pounds and then slim down into some lean thing. What's the deal with that? Uh, Sam, I'll let you jump in on this, but here's the thing. Uh, uh, like, and I'm going to say this one thing, right? This is the whole thing that fucking drives me crazy on this whole macro thing. Yeah, um, that's right. That's I what going. I was alluding to. I am like, uh, everybody on the on the internet's a nutrition expert now. Why? Because they have finally listened to what we've been saying for over fucking 12 years, which is <laughs> the law of thermodynamics tells us that nothing is lost, nothing is gained. That uh, that if I eat in a caloric restriction theoretically, based upon, you know, if you're really in that caloric restriction, your body weight should come down. Now, here's the problem. People are like, I ate in caloric restriction. Well, if you didn't, your body weight didn't come down, you weren't in caloric restriction. So now everybody- well, there's a ton of other things with that too, right? Like if you're throwing in a ton of shit food, your body might not be using the nutrients that you're consuming because it's crap. And then you have GI issues. You could mm-hmm. have bloat from like, your just gut health is not there. So that's why, sorry, but the Pop-Tarts, whatever, cookies, like even if you're eating, well, because who did it? The Big Mac diet or well, whatever. The guy did it, the Twinkie deal, where he Twinkies, ate Twinkies yeah. and caloric restriction and he lost weight and his, his health markers improved. But here's the issue is now everybody's like, oh, you know, calories don't matter. Calories might not matter, but food quality always matters. And always we've matters. always died on the, on, on the side of food quality. The reason being is the quality of which the organism appears and the quality of which the weight looks is dramatically increased with the quality of food. So uh, yeah. like that's where I, I fucking break from all these, you know, everybody's like, oh, calories don't matter. You know, as long as you eat in caloric deficit, I'm like, it's fucking bullshit. Like you can't yeah. tell me that a pound of beef is the same as a pound of fucking you know, gluten, marshmallows. Which is, yeah, or marshmallows. So, you know, <laughs> I like, well, I mean, <laughs> so yeah, so do my kids. That's how I know you're a God, little kid. I don't buy them. Yeah, I know. Like, my no, kids not are little like, anymore. Well, my kids have these sticks and they'll go get marshmallows and they're constantly <laughs> trying to like cook them overneath the stove. And I'm like, you guys are hacks. We got to build a fire yeah. for that. Uh, but 
food quality matters. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've seen it too with, uh, you know, with the girls that diet or the guys that diet on food quality, of a paramount yeah. above everything else, just put together a much better package than the people that don't. Yeah. And that's why I like, I follow, I used to not follow bodybuilders, but now I do because that's the, you know, I want to learn. And, um, the amount of artificial sweeteners that are used is kind of insane. Um, and just from personal experience, like I enjoy a zero calorie sauce because I want my food to taste good. Right. But like I had to cut them out because I never did them for 30 years. And then I added them in and my body hates, like, I can't even really do stevia. Um, and that shows on stage these, you know, you follow these girls and they're like, Oh, here's my zero calorie, this and zero calorie that. And then they still look like puffy. You cut it out and the cleaner you eat, the better you're going to look. Um, have you, uh, have you tried the Zevia drinks? The Zevia I have. They make me very gassy. Uh, <laughs> like if we're being honest, I really like them. Uh, they're super they're tasty, good, but, but like I can, I, one a day. Yeah. I can have one. one if I have one. two, uh, I get like a ton of bloat in my stomach and I feel yeah. super gassy from them. I don't know if that's from the carbonation, but it, well, well, left up to my own devices, I'd probably drink a fucking case of those things. They taste sure. just like the sodas. <laughs> they're we really good. We I like the cream soda one. Oh my God. They have a creamy root beer. That like yeah. reminds me of the creamy root beer A and W that we had when we were kids. When we mm -hmm. go to this place called Swenson's, I would put a scoop of ice cream. We get oh, just you mean an iced coffee? You mean iced well, coffee. no, we just called it fucking a sun or a, a, a root beer float. We yeah. didn't call it yeah. an iced coffee. The fact that people just were like, "Hey, if we throw caffeine in there, we can sell it at Starbucks." Fucking genius. Yeah. So the Starbucks fall drinks just came out, and I want to say that like the apple. So they have like an apple cider or something. And I think it's marketed to kids because it's no caffeine. It has like 45 grams of added sugar. Mm. Whoa. Isn't that just in like a, you, a you're, you're acting surprised. You fucking get one of those every morning on the way to work. <laughs> no. Which is the opposite of that. I'm going to look it up. It's <laughs> a lot of dough. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is expensive. I have a coffee addiction. But. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, go to Costco and I buy these huge bags of the Rudamata and um, it, yeah, it's Rudamata, isn't it? Rudamata. I don't know. I don't it know. tastes what great. Is it? I drop it off uh, at Costco, have these bitchin organic beans, uh, Rudamaya. Uh -huh. So I uh, bring them in here and have them in the office. So they're delicious. I don't, yeah. So if like, um, I know the reverse dieting, like uh, I, and, and I think the interesting piece, and I'm sure you talk about with your clients, hey, we're gonna diet for X amount of deal, but the day it mm -hmm. ends or the day we hit our deal, now we have X amount of time to reverse diet to get what? people out of this. So then there you're managing your expectation because I think what you mm -hmm. don't want, and I'm sure you've had people, they hit their goal and then they just go dark. And you're like, hey, you still alive? Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm done dieting. And you're like, eee! you know, it's like yeah. a vampire seeing the well, light. And I'm like, this isn't gonna fucking end well. And I think what happens too is a lot of, I work with a lot of the female power athlete clients because um, it's me and Rob and some ladies, most, if you reach out, you're probably going to work with me. I push um, all the ladies to Sam, not because Rob isn't excellent, but I feel that Sam does a little bit better because she identifies things. with them. Yeah. <laughs> Just like if there's someone that hits Rob's demographic, I'm like, yep, yeah, he's better. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, like they come to me and they've been dieting and you know, I had a client that was pretty upset um, before because she had done these really drastic cuts and she was postpartum with the second baby and it just wasn't working. And I'm like, it's because you've been starving your body. Um, so she didn't really 
jive too well when I was increasing her calories, um, but her body composition positively changed. And I got some apologies from that um, (laughs) because it worked. But yeah, like, so it's just interesting where where your body's at. And, you know, blood work's important. Like uh, all that plays. I think the thing that we've discussed throughout this podcast, the the most common theme is you got to have a coach. So yeah, that all of a sudden, be, be, because here's the thing, talk it, to. yeah, yeah. Well, like if you're dieting and it's, it's not working, you almost need like, and I know uh, I've been privy on some CCs with a bunch of emails, Sam's forward me stuff where clients start getting mad and you're like, uh, I'm just putting a plan together, right? What? And this is a well-proven plan that we've, we've uh, vetted over hundreds of people over many yeah. years and we know this works. And then I like, I'll read these emails and then you can see the emotional and I'm sorry and this and goes back and forth. And I think you sometimes need somebody as a sanity check just mm-hmm. to be like, am I going the right direction? How come this isn't working? You're like, dude, just give it time. Nothing exists, mm-hmm. you know, immediately. And, and, and Sam a, offered- You gotta move a lot of dirt. Exactly. And Sam offered the, the guidance when you need a reverse diet. Say we are tracking down towards a goal, but then checking in, I plateau within my loss, mm-hmm. my energy, my mood. I send nasty emails to my coaches. <laughs> yeah. All things that- uh, <laughs> necessary check-in so it's not just reaching our said goal no matter what Mm -hmm. five days just off all sorts of food no check in with your body and be attuned just as we would within training i have my specific goal weight that i want to hit on the barbell today but it's just not clicking it's just not happening i need to make an adjustments because i Mm -hmm. still have some dirt to move well i mean we we use it in the training um you know we talked yesterday with um Tom Newman. Tom Newman, where he was alluding to what we call inherent periodization, which yes. we developed. Um, you know, Chris Morris calls it fluid periodization. I call it inherent periodization. But he was talking about an athlete comes in. The reason we use rep maxes is some days you come in and that five is dramatically heavier, or dramatically lighter, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to make adjustments in it. Same thing within the training and the food. Some days you come in and you eat, you know, let's say you're at, you know, I don't know, 2,500 calories and you're hitting these things. Some days you go and eat and you're like, man, I feel full. Other days, all of a sudden, like you hit your calories today and then you're wandering around the kitchen just hoping that no <laughs> fucking doors are open because I'm going to eat everything. Which well, usually means a big drop is coming, right? Like when you are running through your food, it sucks because let, let's say, just say this right now. If you are in a deficit, you should be hungry at some point. So I'm not by this whole reverse thing. It's not like, oh, I've been hungry for two weeks. Like I need to reverse out. Like, no, you kind of got to suck it up occasionally. Well, the only but. person I've ever met that legitimately can diet and be like, I feel totally set. I'm, I'm never hungry is my wife. Like, yeah, like when she, she's dieting, she's like, yeah, I feel totally fine. And I think it's because she's crazy. Well, uh, I well, you have to stay busy with other for things. For me, if I'm in a caloric deficit, like all of a sudden, like, uh, that's why I actually think um, sometimes like the uh, intermittent fasting, which I just look like is like, do you just basically just giving yourself a smaller, smaller food window sometimes works because you can almost mm-hmm. starve yourself to the point and then give yourself a short window, which for some people makes sense. Now, when they looked at all the equated studies, uh, you know, the uh, dude, when the calories are the same timed feeding doesn't really make a ton of sense and i've been saying it for over a decade it just is a real cool to get into way to get into caloric restriction and if you yeah. can't control yourself giving yourself a shorting a shorted a shortened feed window makes sense 
Whereas like I started eating my calories and all of a sudden if I hit my calories for the day at like six and you're like, fuck, and I should just go to bed right now. Dr. That Keith, happened to Keith me last Barsh. night. I'm like, oh, shit. It's like six o'clock. You're like, okay, uh, time for bed. I'm going to eat some cucumbers <laughs> with <Wait>. vinegar. <laughs> Dr. Keith Barr, the protein window, uh-huh. the 30 minutes after he also shared, essentially the younger you are, it's just about hitting your protein goal for day. And then the older you get, the more important the window is. Yeah. Well, he talked about the anabolic window. Uh, the testing for the anabolic window was done on elderly people. Right. Which had a very short window. So that's where the bro science of like, dude, you got to get protein 30 minutes after you train. Uh, doesn't exist. That's sometimes for even for younger kids, let's say that are in their teens and 20s, that protein window ends up being like 72 hours. Yeah. So yeah, as yeah. long as you're eating within mm-hmm. that 72 hours, you're putting yourself in an anabolic effect. Yeah. So, but I know that after I train, I like to eat just as like a form of like reward. Like I got done with my training, I'm going to eat. Now I'm going to go on with my day. Uh, Not like uh, White Goodman with the donut and the the freaking electric things on his nips. Uh, I don't know what you do at night, but uh, I do know that if I train and then all of a sudden you fast and you don't eat till later, like I feel real fucking angry. Well, especially if you've had any sort of caffeine in the morning and then it gets you through the workout. And then when that caffeine comes off, you're like, oh, I am starving. Uh, I like to drink coffee after. Um, I found that if I drink coffee yeah. before, uh, now all of a sudden I've had like five or six cups. So if I push it out, ah. but, yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, not going to lie. I've I'm, gotten on the pre-workout train. No, no, no. I Danger. Have, uh, have to pull teenagers off of that. Dude, the only thing that happens to me with pre-workout is all of a sudden you get somewhere in the middle of the workout and you start getting heart palpitations and you're like, I think I'm going to fucking die. What was in that? Fucking heroin, crack cocaine, uh, methamphetamine? Or these. So I uh, ran a 5K just for fun the other weekend. And I'm like, to my husband's name's Connor. I'm like, Connor, should I do pre-workout? And he's like, you might have a heart attack. Just do like a pump formula if you want, like non-stimulant if you want to take something. And I was like, Nah, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to take a whole scoop. He's like, I've been up for three days snorting cocaine and we ran just <laughs> yeah. fine. It was like the, I took it and I had an empty stomach and we were, you know, they sing the national anthem or whatever. And I'm like, I'm ready to go now. I was tingling. It was terrible. No, nah, it's a bad Don't deal. recommend before running. <laughs> uh, Dr. Tom used to have this uh, pre-workout that he and Tom or, uh, um, uh, fucking what's his name Romanowski Bo Romanowski created mm-hmm. and then like Romo kind of screwed him but Tom still sold it to me uh, but it was called <laughs> Pure Romo and I used to take this stuff before practice and I swear to God as I was in so um, when uh, like where our practice facility was, was was away from our stadium so we would get in the cars and we would drive to practice or dr- drive to the facility and uh, where our meetings were this, this and is Eagles or Chiefs at the Chiefs and as I got in the car I would turn on music and I swear to God <laughs> if I took enough of it I could see the music <laughs> I could like see the music coming out and I could see it smell colors and I was like man I can see music I can smell colors like that and I remember I called Tom I'm like I was in the car and I'm pretty sure I could see the music he's like yeah you took enough <laughs> it was great I think they yeah. all, I think they all love that stuff well my pet peeve when the teenagers take the pre-workouts, pre-practice, during the warm-up, which is our athletic development, they gotta go and just Number blow two. up the stall. Yeah. So then yeah. they miss out this and it becomes a habit and they, they just can't make the connection. So we had, uh, <laughs> back in the early days of CrossFit, we had all these people sending us all these pre-workouts to try to like push our supplement company. And I remember there was one that we had that was like, and you've heard me even talk about a nutrition deal. 
if it has the word and explode in it, don't take it. Because, <laughs> explode. Because they sent us one that was like Knox 5000 explode. And we were and uh, we gave it to everybody. And all of a sudden, at the same time, everybody was like looking around like nervous, <laughs> fucking sprinting, like fighting to get to the bathroom because they Knox exploded out of their asses. And it was the worst experience. And I remember the company, the guy was like, hey, how'd you like it? I'm like. I mean, as a laxative, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know if it makes sense for pre-workout because uh, I like I need to put porta potties outside if I'm going to give people this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's um, and then I think we yeah there was I don't want to name the supplement, but it's just a version it. of just fucking element. name it. Call them I don't even remember. It was the Protect. Yeah, the one it's they like were giving out at Sornex. Yeah. So yeah, no, I tried it. It was fucking awful. I read the uh, back and I'm like, yeah, it had citric oh, acid magnesium oh, citrate in it yeah yeah that's what it was which and so is, i drank it and i'm instantly like gi's like sam comes over and she shows me she's and we were like looking at it and i was like isn't that the stuff that's a laxative they I, do yeah. Yeah, I was there and uh and then Dude, you were like hey and i think she's we said I, it I after you out. gave it to me to drink she's like hey john try this and i so i drank it and then we look and we're like oh god this feels Bye. terrible when I asked the guy i'm like so why did you choose this because like i'm i was genuinely curious we're trying to be elite bro no, he goes, oh, that's the one my wife took to go to bed at night. And I'm like, so you're selling this as a supplement to fuel you on like hikes, but it's the one your wife took to go to bed and it's also a laxative. So like, so what's the, what's the one in natural calm? That's, is it? Well, that's, uh, that's Thorn uses by glistening and so that's my favorite. Yeah. The one that's in natural combo. calm. If you take a little bit of it, it works. Um, if you take a lot, you, you go number two. Oh, you stay up all night? I don't know. I've got magnesium salts, period, help with digestion. Um, citrate's just the big one. Mm. <laughs> anyway, well, so well, that's also, also a great way to lose a couple pounds for a big show. Just easy. take a whole bunch you of know, that. The lesson <laughs> here is to out. read the labels on read all the these. Label. Sam, I, I was going <laughs> to ask, um, like a... Uh, like I know the the women that are doing the figure stuff that you're in and like kind of the bodybuilding stuff, uh, you know, get pretty obsessive. And, you know, I know you're in a situation where you're trying to do it. You know, I mean, you have kids, you have a husband, you like not, yeah. a, you know, have a normal life job. Um, so like you're trying to do it as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, do you see some women that are not taking that approach that maybe like laxatives, some form of eating disorder, um, you oh, know, yeah. taking a bunch of drugs where all of a sudden you're like, uh, like this is the least healthy way to do something that's supposed to promote healthiness. And then like, oh, how do you kind of like, as you see it, how do you kind of like balance your mental approach with like, uh, I'm going to do it this way, but these women are doing it this way. And like, this looks batshit crazy. Yeah, no. Well, it's kind of, again, Instagram is terrible, but a lot of bodybuilders have been like anorexic, which I've, thankfully never suffered with any sort of eating disorder. I'm just very type A. Um, so I'm viewing this as, hey, my little girls are watching mom. I'm still banging weights. You know, I'm trying to be the strongest bikini competitor there is. Um, I do diet down, but that's just eating, you know, like lower fat proteins, um, which my kids eat the same way me and Connor do. It's just different portions. Um, but it can mess with your mind because you see a girl on stage and you're like, wow, her muscles are sharper than mine, or she's a little bit leaner than me, but like there, at least the division, the NPC and IFBB, there is a lot of 
enhancement use. Yeah. Um, no, I, most, I, I was creeping on, like, uh, like I was creeping on your pictures and, um, yeah. you know, just see how you're doing. But then I was clicking through to the shows and like looking at the tags and, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's a couple dead giveaways for girls, like usually cap shoulders, really sharp jawline mm-hmm. where they look, they look like they play middle linebacker for the green Bay Packers, as I used to joke. So there's some really interesting telltales and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, and what's pretty wild is if you look at any, like, um, when we got to go to the Olympia, which was by far the most interesting thing I've been to, uh, like to this day, I've never seen human beings. And what's crazy is I follow them now on social media just because I was right. amazed at seeing these people in person. They look like kind of minotaurs is the only way I described it, like half horse, half human. Um, but like seeing the evolution of, of how long these girls have been in this training yeah. thing, it makes you believe that, you know, obviously some enhancement, but like, I think that there's something with like the dieting, reverse dieting, putting on muscle and kind of doing this kind of piece where all of a sudden in four or five, six years, I mean, these girls have completely reconfigured their bodies in mm-hmm. really interesting ways. So and I think, I mean, I've learned, I've learned a lot from it. And I think one of the best things is I do have that strength foundation. So, cause I followed power athlete programming for five years. I mean, ever since I went to the CrossFit football cert, I like jumped in and was all in the power athlete. So really, and even during my pregnancies, I did a lot of modified workouts and then postpartum, I went to like a version of bedrock again. And so I'm lucky to have mature muscles um, where that helps me because a lot of these girls jump in at 25 years old. And then what I've been doing for 30 years, uh, um, I already have that, the more mature muscles, like, but weird thing, I had to atrophy my bicep. Well, it's, and and this is, this is the problem I have with a lot of this stuff where now it's so subjective you're out there mm-hmm. um and like you know like the the judges and i know they give you guys feedback like oh your biceps are too big and like it i'm telling you it's so weird <laughs> that you have Isn't these it? dudes and they're giving this this feedback that's based on, it's subjective it's how they're viewing it and um like i like things that are a little more cut and dry i mean but sure. um you know i mean but at the end of the day uh you know this is the arena you're competing in and this yeah. is the feedback you're getting. So like when they tell you, oh, your biceps are too big or, you know, you need to fill out your rear delts and you hear these comments and it's like, it's so, what's the word, man? Like just fucking weird. That, um, well, you have to look at it like objectively. And I think that's where being a nutrition coach and being in this industry for a while has taught me is like when I go on stage, like I know that I've you know, I haven't cheated on my diet. I've done all my training. I got as much sleep as I could. Like, and again, I'm a mom of two little girls and a wife. So I don't, I tend not to miss anything, but like, I also take into account that this isn't my job. So I do the best that I can. I put my best package out there and if they don't like it or I don't win, like, I know I don't have any regrets. Um, where I think some people, they hear, things about their body and it's really negative i'm just like oh yeah i guess you're right or uh, i'm still don't happy worry, my daughters it. and my husband still love me whereas McQuilkin <laughs> yeah, goes exactly. home and cuts himself and cries <laughs> like i get off stage and i'm like i'm still a in a really really happy marriage <laughs> what's the line from happy gilmore which one i know that worry uh, a lot of people people listen to lonesome love in the dark or whatever that oh no when they go on the date and they're listening to or when the zambonis, endless love when he's like uh, is this a date happy yeah lots of people and listen like, to endless cry. love in the dark yeah that's and then the guy the zamboni's home. crying 
No, I, I, uh, um, I had, uh, uh, back when I lived in Orange County, um, I used to train with these professional bodybuilders or they were aspiring pros. And, uh, it was yeah. really interesting to kind of, not only, uh, it, it was good because they were extremely strong, big dudes, but like just seeing like the culture a little bit and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was kind of addictive to see the change. And, um, and then those guys get to the point where like, I just can't do this anymore. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's because, um, you know, you end up reaching so much criticism and you put in so much work, you know, you starve yourself, you get in, you, I mean, you go through all this, you invest your money. And then just to have some guy be like, uh, you know, uh, you know, this was wrong. This was wrong. This was wrong. And I think at the beginning, those guys take it as constructive criticism. They get to the point yeah. where they're like, I just don't want somebody to fucking judge me anymore. Um, and, uh, I can't imagine, uh, like when we went to the Olympia, I mean, I've said the, the biggest stage, but now it's like the classes that these girls are in, they're looking for something different. Like, mm -hmm. I think it was, um, wellness was where we saw yeah, the, wellness is crazy. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the Yarnisha chick remember the, yeah. the Puerto Rican girl with like the crazy hair we saw, dude, she looked like a minotaur. I've never, I mean, they life. do weird things. <laughs> They get like butt injection. Well, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, there I just. There are weird things in bodybuilding. I, and I'm dude, like, I don't know how this girl manipulated her body to look like that. But like these girls, yeah. like the only thing I could equate it to is they look like minotaurs. It looked like a horse lower body with a human upper body. But like uh, insane amount of training and work to get yeah. them into, to morph themselves into this class. And then it was like the bikini were wearing high heels, but then uh, the figure girls we're wearing like, but then the they bodybuilding, we're wearing heels. no it's physique and bodybuilding don't wear heels. heels, but bikini and wellness. Like it was super interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, we got a little glimpse. I mean, the one thing as weird as it kind of appears from the outside, uh, I can never fault one, the dedication, the adherence, the effort, the fucking singular mindset, the obsession. I mean, it's, it's fucking impressive to see what somebody can morph their body into, whether it's healthy or not. I don't know. I mean, it's why these bodybuilders are, died, are dying, but uh, yeah. I don't think that you can deny the effort and the work that those people are putting in. And it was amazing to go see in person. Yeah. Well, if you can go back out, I have flights to Vegas for the amateur Olympia. So mm, I, I might be stepping on stage there <laughs> Ooh, well we will definitely vegas yeah we'll definitely get t-shirts with <laughs> sam's face uh airbrushed on there well, and then, oh yeah you said that. there are a lot of fanboys <laughs> so these guys and this is and so we saw the yarnisha chick come out which uh, i don't know if you guys have ever checked her out but like go check out yarnisha uh there there were like hundreds of these like yarnishites like these guys <laughs> that were her fans that had like puerto rican flags in her face airbrushed on t-shirts that were just absolutely going fucking bananas for this girl. Like airbrush, they they went to a mall and said, "Hey, make <laughs> <Yeah>. this caricature <laughs> or a carnival." <laughs> uh, seriously, like I was like, first of all, where the fuck are you getting those t-shirts? And two, where's where mine? Can I, get some? <laughs> I like, I was like, can we get anybody's face airbrushed on this thing? Because I want a shirt with like uh, McQuilkin airbrushed. I want one with Antonio on the shoulder, just fucking fist well, pumping it down on Broad Street. Yeah, we were in the media section at the Olympia, so relatively close to the stage. And then as soon as certain ladies went up, it was just bum rush dudes try to get as close as they could. Yeah. And these guys were like there by themselves like <laughs> to see their star. Yeah. I mean, yeah. their Adonis, their, uh, their Venus. I mean, whatever it is, I, it was, uh, it was great. I mean, uh, Paul Carter was totally in his element. Yeah. He was in it. Yeah. He paid that guy to come up to us at dinner. We, we were at dinner. <laughs> this guy's like, are you Paul Carter? He's like, lift, run, bang, bro. Call me by my handle. Lift one 
Yeah, well, it's Lift Run I Bang. I wish I could Lift Run Bang. And then uh, I save a lot of his stuff. He has great tips. He does. He's uh, yeah. He's he's gone into like uh, uh, yeah. He's definitely gone and got gone deep into this whole like glute quad you know being confusion thing. Well, but we, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, I don't care if if my if I'm arguing about which muscle the leg press hurts or or sorry targets. Um, as my primary driver for some form of quad meet, uh, I probably should kill myself because uh, I can't <laughs> squat anymore. So uh, I like find like a really interesting that they're arguing about these points. And I'm like, uh, at the end of the day, this all just looks like you're arguing about accessory movements. Like you still got to eat your meat <laughs> and potatoes, bro. So yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So if you want a reverse yeah. diet or you want nutrition coaching or anybody to help you on this journey, reach out powerathletehq.com backslash nutrition. Scroll down. We do custom templates. We have off the shelf templates that work very well. But if you really want to take this shit to the next level, hire a coach, hire Sam and Rob, get with our nutrition ninjas and allow them to take you on this journey. Just like if you're going to go visit the pyramids, you're going to go to Rome, find somebody <laughs> that knows the Roman form, that knows the pyramids to take you on the adventure. Just don't wander around like a dipshit tourist. Yeah, I mean, goals are much bigger than just what you're reading on the scale. Mm-hmm. We can make it about performance. Yeah. We can make it about gains. We can make it about muscle and something more that will hold on to you long term and empower your performance for a long time. Sounds good. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning power athlete radio. Bye. 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 Oh, we needed a higher pitch. Bye. I can't even do it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.